Welcome to episode 12 of the Unperfect Podcast, where you're going to come away grateful that you were never a fish in my household. And you just might be comforted if you're in a season where God doesn't seem to be meeting your needs. I'm your host, Shelley Sneed, and I help others see glimpses of God's glory here in the now and the not yet of our unperfect lives. So stay tuned, because hope and probably a bit of humor are coming up. Needs come in all shapes and sizes here at the Sneed House. They're the emergency needs that usually sound like this. Mom, I need foam core presentation board for a project that's due tomorrow. And it happens to be 7 p.m. and we live somewhere out in the country and I was just at Walmart that particular morning. Or like the time my football player son made it to the conference championship game two hours away that my husband and I were not planning to attend because another of our sons was simultaneously having a birthday party. And the football son called to say he did not have his football pants. You know, half the uniform. Thankfully, some friends were going and they had just left their home, so they swung by ours to grab his pants. I don't mind so much that we missed the game. He was younger and not playing much. But what I am sad that we missed was our friend Brian running up to him at the sidelines during the opening kickoff yelling, Hey, Sam, here's your britches. That I would have loved to see. Then there are specific needs where only one solution is going to do. Like, there's no skimping on the generic for these. Like, our need for a family fish one year that was completely unkillable. Because I knew my kids, your run-of-the-mill goldfish was not going to last three seconds. I know this because the student pastor recently sent goldfish home with every student, and ours didn't even live long enough to get a name. Anyway, the fish that did make it at our circus of a home was a beta fish, and we should have named him after the wise pet shop employee who referred him to us. One particular week, this fish survived a trip down the disposal, accidentally, by my nine-year-old, and a terrorist attack with rubber cement, not accidentally, by my four-year-old. There have been many financial needs we've had, too, like the summer we found ourselves trying to make a quick move from Nashville to Asheville, Art had to move on to North Carolina to start his new job as director at Ridgecrest, leaving me back in Tennessee to sell the house with four kids in it. Four active, messy, I mean creative kids to be exact. So I had this great idea. I decided to clean the house completely, move in with my mom for the rest of the summer in Florida. That way the house would be free for showings without our messing it up daily and the kids would have a blast with their Nana. It was a win-win. Well, mostly win-win. In the first four days we were at Nana's, we broke one set of blinds, knocked out the bottom of the front screen door, and poked two holes in the exterior wall of the front of her house. Don't ask. We were expensive house guests. But eventually, the need was met and our house sold, and we were together in North Carolina as a family. And as an aside here, just in case you were thinking of letting us borrow your beach condo, we're so much better now. We're older, wiser, calmer, so go ahead and send us the keys because my toes need some sand. But today finds me reflecting on a time in my life when, honestly, I was drowning, sinking, pretty much losing it. I needed relief. I needed help. I needed supernatural intervention, and it just didn't seem to be forthcoming. This was a time in my life when we were raising one child with medical trauma and two kids with developmental trauma. And on top of all that, y'all, I felt like I was homeschooling the Herdmans. 
If you don't know who the Herdmans are, you've missed out on a true classic. They are the star characters in a book called The Best Christmas Pageant Ever by Barbara Robinson. Again, if you haven't read it, please just stop the podcast and go order it right now. You'll get so much more from that book than anything I'm about to say. It is, it is amazing. But it's this heartwarming and humorous tale of a town that has its annual Christmas nativity reenactment and that was shaken up when the rowdy Herdman clan hijacks the play. And they become all the, the main parts in the play. The narrator introduces the Herdmans as the worst kids in the history of the world and goes on to detail their crimes. They smoke, curse, bully kids at school, steal, and even set fire to an old abandoned tool house. Uh, the product of an absent father and mother who would rather work two jobs than parent her children, uh, the six Herdman kids pretty much had to take care of themselves. Now, my kids weren't that bad, and my husband and I were both very involved, but it did seem like if something went terribly wrong at home or at church or at school, one of my kids was somewhere in the middle of it. So I used to read that story aloud to my kids every December, and they would laugh and hoot and holler, and it wasn't until I actually took them to see the play that I realized oh my goodness, I'm homeschooling the Herbans. Anyway, during this time, I kept reading passages of scripture like, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. And his divine power has given us everything we need to live a life of godliness. And I honestly would just smirk a little at God and say, yeah, I hear you, God. I'm waiting. Bring on that supply. I'm ready. I believe. Let's go. But the help never seemed to come. The sinking continued. Circumstances in our family at the time were way beyond our control, out of our comfort zone, oblivious to our skill sets, and just pushing every single button of our flesh in the response department. So this was the state I was in when I found myself at BSF one night, my weekly Bible study, and we were singing the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And as these lyrics would come out of my mouth, all I have needed, thy hand hath provided, I finally just couldn't contain my frustration any longer. I just looked up at the sky and said, not smirking, but rather annoyed with God, and said, I get it, God, okay? I know this in my head and my heart. I've known it since I was five years old. You provide for my needs, but here's the deal, God. You're not doing it right now. I'm really hoping someone out there has been there before, not because I want you to be as miserable as I was, but just so I'll know I'm not alone. But have you ever just pointed out to the creator of the universe, the one who tells the ocean waves where to stop and the stars how to shine, that he wasn't living up to all the hype, that he wasn't fulfilling his end of the bargain, that he wasn't being good? Because that's really what I was saying. And I know God could have turned me into a pillar of salt. He could have sent an army of locusts upon my head and plenty of other things I probably deserved for having that response. But in his beautiful grace, he got down on his knees like a daddy does when he needs to comfort his little girl. And he whispered gently to my spirit, sweetheart, my precious child, whom I love with my very life, what if this trial is the exact thing you need? So y'all, my mind was blown, not only because the words were rich and deep and powerful, but because God knew a plate full of platitudes wasn't going to be enough for me that night. I was screaming too loudly. I was pounding my fist on the floor in a tantrum. He loved me enough to whisper to my heart in my moment of deepest despair, 
And here's what's crazy. My circumstances didn't change that night. I went home with the Herdmans. My heart was still overwhelmed and my plate was still too full of situations. I had no idea how we would handle. But my soul had heard the voice of God Almighty and that was enough for that moment. And the truth he spoke to me, maybe this trial is what you need. I'm not sure I could have heard it and truly accepted it and believed it from anyone but him. In some ways today, we are still on the same journey that we were on that night when an old hymn got a new meaning for me and the God of the universe spoke to this beautifully broken knucklehead. I just keep aiming the questions at the only one who has truly promised to provide and trust that his provisions may look more like puzzles than finished products. So hear that again, sister. His provision may look more like a puzzle than a finished product, but he has never one day in your precious life stopped providing. It's against his nature. He can't deny himself. He is our great shepherd even when we can't understand what he is doing with that staff. He's our bread of life, even when our souls are starving for relief. He's our strong tower, even when we can't see beyond the fog. He's our light, even while we wait in the darkness. Matthew 6, 31 says that God knows what we need. He knows what we need. And Luke 12, 6 says, if he hasn't forgotten a single sparrow, He's not forgotten us. So let's keep reminding ourselves, even if just for this one moment, if that's all we can make it through, that His presence is enough. He is enough. I know it's not easy, but apparently neither is raising a bait of fish. Thanks for listening today. I hope you've been encouraged. I'd love to send some more encouragement to your inbox. I have a free resource for you called The Unperfect Promises of God, five biblical meditations for living in the now and the not yet. So check out the show notes for that link. I am praying you have a blessed week and are able to see glimpses of glory in the now and the not yet of your unperfect life. See you next time.